This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, we're going to get another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's going to be a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube or anywhere else you can get your podcast. We're just so thankful uh, that you guys are here and that you guys are with us today. Okay, I'm I'm so excited to start this podcast. This is I hope this helps some people, and I really hope that this encourages you as we as we go through this. But before we hop into our conversation of what we're talking about today, I just want to give a quick thank you to what you guys are doing. Um, you guys are really listening when we say reach out. So reaching out and you know sending DMs, sending messages, hearing your story, hearing how you know, the word has affected you and changed you. And it's just an, it's an amazing thing. And we're just so thankful that, um, the Lord can use the podcast Avenue to affect people's lives. So again, I just want to say, appreciate you guys. We're here for you. Uh, and we want to hear from you. So we're, we're thankful for everything that you guys are doing. Okay. So our podcast title for today is this, you are more than what you have become. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be so good. You are more than what you have become. Now, this is where we got to start. Now, we can debate this. We can debate this, and I have debated this multiple times. But my favorite Disney movie of all time, I think the best one of all time, is Lion King. We can debate it, and we will debate that. The best one of all time is The Lion King. Storyline's great. The music's great. The characters are great. Everything, the battle scenes, it's all great. But my favorite one of my favorite scenes in the movie was when Simba is looking at the water and he's talking about his dad and then his dad shows up in the clouds and then his dad tells him in James Earl Jones voice, which I cannot replicate, but he's just basically saying, you have to remember who you are. And then he says this phrase, you are more than what you have become. You know, when you think about that for us, has as we start this podcast, maybe where you are right now, if if we're honest, have you ever asked yourself this question? What am I doing? In all honesty, have you ever just sat there and you might be just doing whatever you want to do? Uh, d- no one can tell you anything, but then it just kind of hits you like a sack of bricks. And you just ask yourself, what am I doing? But then maybe you're on the flip side where you're doing good things, you're staying extremely busy, you're always working, you're always doing all this stuff, and you're always doing this and that and going there and doing all this, but then it hits you like a sack of bricks too. And you're asking, what am I doing? What am I really doing? And so sometimes what's so easy for us to do, guys, is we've kind of lost who we are. And we've lost who Jesus wants us or wanted us to become. And I just wanted to give you guys a reminder before we hop into what we're going to look at is you really are more than what you become. You're more than just an employee, uh, an employee of where you work at. You're more than just, well, I just play sports. You're more than just, well, I'm just this. You're more than that. 
And you might not have been told that at all in your life, ever. But Christ, what he's going to do as we walk through this text today, he's going to show you and he's going to remind you, being our Heavenly Father, he's going to remind you, you're actually more than what you have become. And you're more than what you think you are. And you're more than what everybody else has said you are. And so as we look at this text, we're going to look at uh, what we got to kind of compare to. So we're going to start in Luke chapter 8. So if you guys are taking a walk or in the gym or whatever you guys are doing, check this text out later. And if you if you got your Bible out with me, open it up as I've got my Bible and notebook out with me too. Uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 8, and we're actually going to look at when Jesus heals the demon-possessed man. There is a ridiculous, a ridiculous amount of application here. And I'm, I was so excited studying through this. Um, I, you know, I tell my friend Sam Lawrence when we studied together, you know, he's like, dude, I'm sweating. <laughs> I said, bro, I'm sweating too. It's too much. We're, we're too excited. Um, so as we go through this, there's so much great things as we walk through this text. So let's let's look at this. So Luke chapter 8. And again, if, if you're taking notes or if you like to take notes as you kind of listen to stuff and maybe try to make your own study, this is what I'm seeing through the text, okay? So if we're going to look at the first part, if we're going to name it and if we're going to point this uh, just so we can walk through this, the first part that I'm seeing here is um, the exhaustion, okay? The exhaustion. Now, what we just talked about before, before we hop into it, remember how we intro this. On the one hand of the coin, you might be literally doing whatever you want to do. And as you're doing whatever you want to do, if you're honest, you've probably asked yourself that question, what am I doing right now? And that question, guess where it derives from? You're probably tired. In some way, you're probably tired of holding something, trying to maintain something, trying to continue to live and please other people. So you're exhausted in some way. But then on the flip side, you might be the person who's not necessarily doing anything wrong, but you don't know how to prioritize yet. So literally your whole life is your job. Your whole life is literally staying busy. That's literally your middle name. I just stay busy. Then you just go off and do all these things. And occasionally you'll go off and do what you want to do. But ultimately you're tired. You're exhausted. So you're asking yourself the same question as the person on this end of the coin. So I'm tired. So now what we're going to do, here's the exhaustion here. And as Jesus meets this man, you see as the Bible describes this guy, he's going to be completely exhaust, exhausted because of what he's going through. All right, so, so let's hop into this. Luke chapter 8, and I want to begin in verse 20, 26. Okay, so let's look at the text. So they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And he went forth to a land... And there he met a city, or there he met him out of the city, a certain man. And this man, now watch, we're going to break down these attributes here. This man had had devils for a long time. This man wore no clothes. This man didn't live in the houses, but he lived in the tombs. Let's stop right there. There's so much here. So when Jesus met this man, so let's say he's meeting all of us as he's meeting this man, because we have to make the scripture personal as we're pulling this out from the text. When he met this man, what did he have for a long time? He had devils or some translations in the ESV. He had demons. You know, what do we say 
when someone is fighting something, when someone is struggling, when someone doesn't know where to go, when someone is just completely lost in life, what do we say about them? This person is fighting their what? Their demons. And how long had this man been fighting his demons? How does the text explicitly say it? He's been fighting them for a long time. Question, how long have you been fighting? Let's just be honest. On either side of the coin, whether you're doing whatever you want to do or you're on this side where you just don't know how to stop doing all this stuff, but you're completely exhausted, aren't you tired of doing this for a very long time? You got to be exhausted, right? So now let's keep going. He had devils for a long time. He didn't wear clothes and he didn't live in a house, but notice where he lived. He lived in the tombs. Here's what's interesting about that so you can paint a picture. You weren't supposed to come in contact with dead bodies. That was against Jewish law. So this man is completely lost. He's been with demons for a long time. He doesn't live in a house. And then on top of that, he's living among the tombs. He's living with the dead bodies. And the tomb is a place of complete darkness. And so this darkness kind of overshadowed him. If you've ever been in a, um, if you've ever been in a cave before, we kind of have some caves around here. And sometimes, you know, the elementary schools will go to the caves and, and check it out. When you go to a cave, and when the when the guide when he shuts the light off, even if it's for like one minute, when he shuts the light off, it literally feels like a cover is covering over everybody, and even sound sounds different. And now it's like you don't know where to reach. You don't know where to go. You keep on trying stuff. You keep on yelling, but somebody that is right next to you seems so far away. You know, that's that may describe where you are right now. Man, I, I'm just trying and I'm trying and I'm trying, but this is where I am. Now that's only that's only verse one right now. So now let, let's let's continue going. Verse uh, 28. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and he fell down before him. And he fell down with a loud voice and he says, what do I have to do with you, Jesus? Oh, man. Oh, man. Now here it is. So now if you've been in that state where you've constantly been struggling in the ways that you're struggling right now, and then you come in contact with Christ through the word of God, maybe through a friend, maybe through a family member, maybe through a church, maybe through whoever it is, and you come in contact with Christ. Notice what's the first thing that he said. What do I have to do with you? You know, we have this connotation that when we fail and when we struggle for so long and when we don't have things together, and we're constantly asking ourselves the question, what am I really doing with my life? Then when someone or when, when, when God puts something or someone in your life to show the love of God to you, guess what you'll say? What do I have to do with you? I can't be around you. Look at what I am. I can't, I don't have it together. I can't be around you. I'm not like you are. I can't be around. Christ wouldn't accept me. What do I have to what do I have to do with you? I'm not like you guys. You see that's the logic that we have. And the reason why 
For some people, the sole reason why they're living the way that they're living, where they're busy or doing whatever they want to do, is simply because of the root of the problem is this. They feel like they don't belong anywhere. Everybody's abandoned them. All they've seen is separation. All they've seen is hurt. No one's ever been there for them. They've always had to do things on their own. They've always had to have a certain level of strength. So to depend on Jesus himself is too much for you because you're tired. That makes sense? This man's exhausted. And as you listen to this podcast, maybe you, maybe your friend, maybe your family member needs to hear this. You're exhausted. And you finally ask the same question that this man asked in verse 28. What do I have to do with you? Look, look who I am. Look where I'm sleeping. Look, look what's, look who I've become. And you come to me. Wow. Now let's keep going. What do I have to do with you, Jesus? Thou son of the most high. I beseech you, torment me not. Verse 29, for Jesus had commanded that the unclean spirit come out of that man. For oftentimes, notice what the text says, it caught him. And he was kept bound in chains and fetters, and he broke those bands, and he was driven of the devil into the wilderness. Look at the look at the description of how it's showing how exhausted this man was. Jesus said for the unclean spirit to come out of him, but then it goes into further detail of how exhausted this man is. This man was bound in chains, and he was bound. And as he was bound with those things, he would break them. Nothing can hold him. You know, look at look at this one. Look at Mark chapter uh, Mark chapter five's account of this. It goes even farther. It goes even farther with this. So not only does he have no clothes, not only is he with the devil for a long time he broke those bonds but watch how mark's account describes it verse five always this is crazy always night and day he was in the mountains and he was in the tombs and what was he doing mark chapter five verse five he was crying where are you at right now are you to the point where you are so completely exhausted that you've just you've just succumbed to tears. I just can't hold it. I can't do it anymore. And how long has he been doing this? A long time. And Mark's account says he does it night and day. He cries. Then the text says, not only does he cry, but then notice what he does. He cuts himself with stones. He's self-inflicting. He's self-hurting himself. You know, guys, when we're exhausted, when we're completely tired, whether we're doing side A, doing whatever we want to do, or whether we're doing side B, where all we do is just work, 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 and we make no time for Christ, we literally make no time for him, we self-inflict and we hurt ourselves and we try to figure it out, and we try to do things on our own. But notice what Jesus is trying to depict. This man's exhausted. Right now, are you, are your friends, 
Are your family members, are those that are close to you, are y'all exhausted too? And here's the thing. You ever hear the phrase, I'm just tired of being tired? You know why? Because you're here. You're exactly where we are right now in Mark. So now let's keep going. So uh, verse 5, so he was crying and he cut himself with stones. Then the end of verse number 29, back in Luke chapter 8, he broke those bands and he was driven of the devil into the wilderness. That word driven means to take control. So literally, he in his mind, you might want to do what's right, but you're always driven to do whatever you want to do. You might agree when someone prays with you. You might agree when someone studies with you. You might agree and say, yes, yes, yes. I want what you're talking about. I want that peace that you're talking about. I want that love that you're talking about. I want that marriage that you're talking about. I want all those things. So you'll agree, but you're always driven by something else. So you'll always go the other way. You're always driven. Are you tired of being taken on a ride that you don't want to be on anymore? I'm tired, of, I'm tired of this. At some point, you have to be exhausted and you have to be tired of being tired. You got to be tired of being tired. And I love how the Bible takes its time to show us how exhausting this man was because of what these demons were doing. Are you guys tired of fighting yours too? Because it, the thing about these demons is they always led to exhaustion. They always led to exhaustion. You know, it, it's a, as we talk about this, here's what's kind of cool about this. When we think about this exhaustion level, sometimes we think, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not doing what, what the prodigal son did in Luke 15. I'm not living a riotous life. I'm not out here doing all this stuff that he was doing. I'm not doing that. But you don't know how to prioritize Christ yet. You know, one thing one of my friends said the other day, he talked about being a servant, which is a great thing. Philippians 2, uh, John 15, 14, 16, 17. We can go on and on and on about verses about being a servant. But it's important to be a servant but also it's important to know how to be served. Now notice, what did he say when Jesus came to him? What do I have to do with you? I'm far gone. I can't be helped. And a lot of people, whether you're doing what you want to do or you're so extremely busy that your life is just your job and what you do, and on the weekends you occasionally do whatever you want to do. You don't know how to be served yet by people, which is sad, but then you also won't know how to be served when Jesus wants to serve you. You know, sometimes you'll see people that are hurting, and you might know this through experience. They're hurting. They're so over busy. They don't know how to say no. They don't know how to stop working. They don't know how to do things for themselves. They don't know what it feels like to be cared by another human being. They know how to hang out in groups of people. They know how to do that. They know how to do whatever they want to do, but they don't know how to be cared by people. So then when you see that they're hurting, you see that they're struggling, you see that they need help, 
and your request might be simple. And your request literally might be as simple as this. Hey, let's get a group of people together and let's just go get something to eat. Let's go get a group of people and let's just go get some ice cream together. Ah, uh, nope, I can't really do that because I got this, I got this, I can't really do that. I'm over here with them. I can't really. You don't know how to be served yet. And so it's it's a sad commentary that there may have been people that the Lord has sent your way to serve you. I want you to really sit and think about this. There may have been people in life that God has sent to you to serve you, but because you don't know how to be served, you threw them away. And this man, what did he say? What have I to do with you? I'm not like you. I can't be on your level. You see, that's that's the mindset. That's a defeating mindset that we have. So this man, I hope you guys can see the picture that we're painting here. This man is completely exhausted. And he doesn't know how to be served yet. You know, our Lord, one thing that he was the best at doing, you know, it, it, according to Roman culture, it was a joke. If even in their in their um, uh, their depictions of their Roman gods, you know, the things that they would make of marble or their statues, it was it was deemed as a joke. If even in a depiction of a mold that a man or a, a God was on his knees. It was a joke. But where was Jesus all the time? If he wasn't praying on his knees, Jesus was serving on his knees. And what he's trying to cultivate within you and I, this level of exhaustion that we're feeling, he's trying to cultivate a culture of just being on your knees in front of him. Not asking him not asking him questions of what do I have to do with you? I'm not worthy of you. I can't get this. I'll never be this. I can never change. I can never transform. I can never be a different person than what I'm doing right now. The Lord can't can help me control uh all these things. I can't do it. But he just wants you on your knees as he was on his knees. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. He'll lift you up out of what? Exhaustion. Because you're tired of carrying it on your own. What did Paul say? When I'm weak, because what was he doing? He was in prayer. So when I'm weak, then I am strong. The Lord's just trying to cultivate this mindset in us. I know you might be tired. I get it. I get it. And I'm not trying to demean that. I get it. But maybe it's time to be on your knees in front of our Lord. The exhaustion. Man, I just love how it just describes how exhausting he was. So that's that's the first thing I'm seeing through the text here. So we had to get those attributes from Luke chapter 8 and Mark chapter 5. So now we go a little bit deeper. So the first thing that we're seeing is we're seeing the exhaustion as we're studying and just conversating together. We see the exhaustion, completely tired, completely done. I just don't want anything to do with anything anymore. And I just don't want anything to do with anyone anymore. So now you have the exit, okay? So you have the exhaustion. Now you have the exit. Now let's keep reading. Verse 30. So he asked him and said, what's your name? And he said, Legion, 
because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go into the deep, into the water. And there was a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into the swine. And he suffered them. And when the, and when the devils went out of the man and entered into the swine, the herd ran violently. Please don't miss that. The herd ran violently into a steep place into the lake, and then they were choked. This is crazy. So now you have the exit. So now, as Jesus takes these demons out of this man, Jesus takes the demons out of the man and puts them into the pigs. And how does it describe it? It says that the pigs were violent. So why do this? Why take those demons that had caused this exhaustion for such a long time and cause him to be driven, bound, uh, hurt, crying day and night? Why, why let this man see that, right? Why let him see that? For two reasons. One, Jesus, because his disciples were there, Jesus was showing his disciples and everybody else that was around that there is a man that has power over these, the son of man. That's the first reason. Second reason Jesus did this was he did it for this man. Why? Because here's the thing, guys. Sometimes with the demons that we face, many times what can happen is because we're so exhausted because of, because of our own choices, because we're exhausted because of what people have done or said to us, we become bitter against the Lord's people. We become jaded. We become hurt. We become, um, we, we always think the worst and we always expect that somebody's out to get you. Um, you always feel like no one is on your side. So you kind of put yourself in this island, right? And as you put yourself in this island, um, you let that hurt take control because you're so exhausted and you don't want to feel that again, right? So this man needed to see that what these demons did to him, he doesn't need to be like that for anybody else. Because the moment that those demons came out of that man, that man's whole. He's whole. He's in his right mind. So imagine this man is looking at those pigs and imagine the man is whole. He can think for himself now. He's clear-minded. Jesus has changed him. And he looks at the pigs. And he looks at how violently the demons are choking them. Violently drowning them. And he's saying, that was me. Those things were in me. You know, sometimes what the Lord will do, when we... When our hearts are hard and when they're not melted yet and when we're so mad at people all the time and, and when we're so jaded and hurt and, and we, let, we let sin hurt us so much, what Jesus will do sometimes is sometimes he'll let you see who you are in somebody else. So you can see, man, I don't want to be like that. But then you start to see, man, but that was me though. Maybe I got to sweeten up. Maybe it's time for me to be more forgiving. Maybe it's time for me to let go. Maybe it's time for me to not hold on to this. You know, we, we, we sing a song about Christ. 
he gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my God and I. I keep falling in love with him over and over, over and over again. Why am I, why are we falling in love with Christ who wants to help us with our problems like this? Because even as violent as we have gotten towards people and as violent as we've gotten towards him, he gets sweeter all the time. And if we are made in his image, if Jesus calls us to be like him, if he calls us to be salt and light, if he calls us to walk accordingly, Colossians chapter three, if he calls us to be the light that he called us to be, as we go year by year, shouldn't our attitude change into into who he was? We should get sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Why? Because people stop messing with you? No. Because nothing bad happens? No. Because you never go through anything hard anymore? No. Because you're never persecuted anymore? No. Why? Because Jesus. And if we're not doing this, we're not seeing it. So Jesus wanted this man to see. Look at what you were. Look at how violent, because remember, in his violent state, he could never see himself or who he was. So Jesus, sometimes what he'll do, he'll let you see who you used to be. And if you really see it with an honest heart, stop looking at everybody else. Well, yeah, you needed to change. Yeah, you needed that. No, look at you. Jesus will have you look and say, man, I'm not trying to do that. Sometimes we got to see it. And so Jesus is letting this man see, look at that. That was who you were day and night. But now look at you. You're different. You're different. Now look at the text. Um, Verse 33. So the devils went out of the man, entered into the swine, and ran violently into the steep place into the lake, and they were choked. And when they fed him, or when they that fed them, talking about the pigs, saw what was done, they fled and went and told it into the city, into the country. And they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus. So they went. So whoever was hurting the pigs went and told everybody else. Everybody else went and they came to Jesus. And now notice what happens. And they found the man, verse 35, out of whom the devils had departed. And notice what he's doing. He's sitting. But where is he sitting Everybody, he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. You really want those, You are you really tired of being exhausted, whether on the one hand you're doing whatever that you want, or on the other hand you're not doing anything bad, but you're really not doing anything either. You know what's going to cure that exhaustion? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. It is such a it's a, such a beautiful thing to sit at his feet. Now remember, what's he doing? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Remember before it said he had no clothes? What does he have on now? He's got on clothes. What does Jesus tell us to do, or Paul tell us to do in Colossians chapter 3? Take off these things and put on these things. Hmm, very interesting. And he was in his right mind 
and they were afraid. Man, I mean, it's just the imagery here is just, it's amazing. And you know, sometimes when you're in your right mind, that's going to make people afraid. Well, why are you, that's not who I remember. You know, I think about Jacob and Esau, remember in Genesis 32, and remember the last image that Jacob saw of his brother was a violent man, a big violent man that wanted to kill him. And now, years later, one of Jacob's servants says, hey, by the way, um, Esau wants to meet you. And what's Jacob's first thought? This man's come to kill me. Now, it's, it's, it's here. The last image that I saw of him years ago was him hating me. He wants to kill me. This is not going to be good, so I need to protect everybody, and we're just going to have to go with this. But notice Esau, he changed. Jacob was afraid. Why? Because he changed. He changed, which is good, which is a good thing. So then as we keep walking through this, here's the last thing that I'm seeing. We saw the exhaustion, right? We saw the exit. So that thing, the the aspect of this man's life that made him so exhausted has now exited his life. And now he sees the type of person that he was through what they're doing to the pigs. And sometimes what God will do, he will put people in your life that are difficult, that are hard, that are difficult to deal with because he wants you to see who you are. And that's the only way that you can see through somebody else. So now he's clean. He's clothed. He's in his right mind. He's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And now here's the third thing that I'm seeing. Now we have the encore. Now, when we have an encore, when you think about, you know, if you're at a concert or a music concert and the crowd starts yelling for an encore, the crowd basically wants that performer to perform whatever music they just performed, but perform it better. Because the first time, you know, was good, they wanted to perform it that much better. So when we talk about encore in this sense, when we walk with Christ, Christ wants us to do things a second time, but he wants us to do it better. And here's why we do it better. We do it better because of him. So here's this man's encore. Verse um, 37. So the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes went about and besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear. So he went to the ship and returned back not again. So when the man of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him, Jesus sent him away. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? When the people wanted Jesus to leave, Jesus left. But when the man wanted to stay with Jesus, Jesus said no. You see, it's interesting. You got to trust the Lord's judgment on stuff, okay? So when Jesus says yes or no to you, you got to trust his judgment. So now, why did, why would you say no? I mean, this man is healed. This man's in his right mind. Think about what he could do if he sat at your feet. He could be the, the next disciple. Why not take him with you? Jesus said no. No, you're not gonna you're not gonna come with us. So what do you, Lord, what do you want me to do? I just want to sit at your feet. I just want to change. I just want to be better. What do you want me to do? Verse 39. Return to your own house 
and show the great things that God has done to you. It's an amazing thing when someone, I'll say it like this, being in ministry, you see some things that are incredible. And here's what I mean by incredible. You see so many different people from so many different backgrounds and so many different cultures. And once you get to know them more and you hear about their mindset about things before, the hatred that they had in their hearts before, um, the pride that they had in their hearts, and once they took the time to sit at the feet of Jesus and you see that person <clears throat> totally change and they're different now and they are they're sober minded and they're in their right minds that's is different and it's a testament of what the lord can do and all jesus told him to do was go to your house and show the great things that that i've done so what's the encore for this man? The encore is now show your life not with your demons. That's who people knew you as. That's who people know you as now. Sometimes that's how people will always remember you. You were always the drunk. You were always the one that always did this. So you can't help that. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to show people what I've done to you. You see, before, the person you were, that's what you were doing to you. But now, I want you to show people what I've done for you. That's different. Now, how do you do that today? How do we do that? A lot of times, we have a misconception of what that looks like. Well, how do I, if, if I'm on this side of the spectrum, where I'm not doing nothing necessarily bad, but... How do I let Christ control my life? So does that mean, wh what do I have to do? Well, I read my Bible. That, that's, that's great. Well, I, I go to services when the time's there. That's great, too. Well, I go to other stuff occasionally. That's great, too. That's really great. But you're still not getting it. And I'm saying that out of love because I truly love you guys. And I'm tired of seeing my friends in the same position. I'm tired of seeing them in this position, to be honest with you. You're still not getting it. Well, what do you mean? You're not sitting at the feet of Christ. You're trying to fit Christ into what you're already doing. So you're not taking the initiative to change things with Christ. You're trying to fit him where he fits. And that's why you'll never get it. That's why you'll never get it. But then those people on this side, then what we'll say will always take things to the extreme. Well, in order for Christ to control my life, in order for me to sit at the feet of Jesus, does that mean every conversation that we have, we always got to talk Greek? Every time we're together, we always got to memorize scripture together. Every time we're together, um, I have to know all this stuff and I got to be this and do that. And if I'm not this at this certain point, then I'm not good enough. You see what you do, that's immature thinking. And so what you'll do on your mind, you'll put the, you'll make the pendulum, you'll switch it and you'll flip it all the way to the other side and you'll go so extreme and in your mind, well, I can't do that. So 
I'll just continue to try to fit Christ where he can fit in. You see, that's childish and that's immature thinking. And if you want to stop being exhausted, a person that loves you right now is trying to tell you to change. So how do I change? What did Jesus tell this man to do? I want you to, after you've sat at my feet, go to your house and show the great things that God has done. That's what I want you to do. Now, here's a here's the thing about this, too. So think about this man. This man for his entire life has been exhausted with demons. Has Did this man go to a school? Did this man learn under any, any other rabbi? Did this man have the time to do the things that everybody else was doing? Nope. Why? Because he was demon-possessed. He was exhausted. So for one day, this man sat at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus taught him one lesson. You go show what God has done. So when this man went to go show everybody what God has done, do you think that he wanted to know more about Christ? Absolutely. You see, here's, here's, here's where we don't get it, myself included sometimes. <coughs> everybody always says, if you had everybody around a, a, a table and you ask everybody, are you sure you want to do this? Everybody's going to raise their hand, all right? Myself included. Everybody's going to do it. But now as you think about it, how do I let Jesus take control? How do I get out of this insane busyness? How do I not stay in this riotous life? What? How do I let Christ be my life? How do I do it? You know, when when you... When you are interested in someone, does finding more about them, is that work? For example, so today, which is kind of halfway creepy, but I understand it. It happens. So today, if you're interested in somebody, right, and you talk to them, everything was great, you go on social media, and is it hard for you? for maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour, to go through and look at their Facebook profile? Is it too much after you've looked at their Facebook profile to ask your friends, do you know them? Is it too much after that, then you start talking to them and you get to know them a little bit more and then you get to know their family a little bit more? Is that is that too much? Is that too much work? When you're interested in something, it never feels like work. So on either side of the coin, you say in your mind, and you've told people the right stuff all your your entire life. I want to I want to be a good Christian. I want a good Christian this. I want a good Christian that. That's great. But has he controlled you like he's controlling this man? So have you lost interest? So what does that look like practically for me? So if I'm insanely busy, I do have time to do what I want to do, though. So how do how do I change that practically? Hey, you know, there's a lectureship this weekend. Why don't why don't we go? Cool. Let's let's do it. Hey, you know that there's a um, there's another event this weekend. 
Okay, cool. Let's go. You see, you begin to change your schedule. And it's not a pain to change it. It's literally because you're not as interested anymore. And until you get to that point where you're not as interested in what you're doing and you're more interested in Christ, you'll never know what it feels like to not be exhausted. You'll never know. Why? Because you're always chasing a feeling. Whether you feel useful by being insanely busy, whether you feel like you're needed because you're insanely busy, whether you feel like people see you because you're extremely busy, all those things. But aren't you tired of being exhausted on either side of the coin? What we got to spend more time doing is being more interested in Christ. When you're interested in a person, you can spend hours thinking about them, talking about them, Facebook creeping them. But guess what? That's not work. Why? Because you're interested. Jesus is saying, I need you from this point on. I understand you got to work. I understand there's things that need to be done. But I just want you to be every day. I just want you to be interested in me first. Once we make that change, I'm telling you guys, the exhaustion goes away. But until you try it, you're going to stay stuck where you are. You'll keep saying the right things. You'll keep reading your Bible. You'll keep coming to service when it's time. You'll keep going to events when it's time, but you'll never get it. But you think, well, I'm doing what's right, though. You'll never get it. And I'm saying that out of love because I love you. But I'm telling you, you will never get it. And I want you to stop being exhausted. And it's time for you to have an encore, but to now have it with Christ. It's ridiculous stuff, right? Man, man, it's good stuff, dude. That's, bro, (laughs) that's a great study. I, I just hope that as we, as I heed it first, I hope that you will heed it, that if there's anything that we can do to help you, to encourage you, to pray for you. I know the exhaustion. I understand the the helplessness of it, the um, feeling like you're not even in control, even though you're doing all these things. Maybe it's just time. Maybe it's time for you to look through Luke chapter 8 and Mark chapter 5 and really try to see yourself in that. And the more that you spend time interested in Christ, the more life doesn't feel like work. You just got to try. And maybe you haven't tried yet, but I, I hope you try. So appreciate you guys. Love you guys, man. Again, please keep reaching out. Please keep um, letting us know how we can help you. And uh, we just we just love what you guys are doing, and we love your engagement with the podcast. So um, we hope to see you guys. Yeah, I'll be here. So we hope to see you guys on Monday with another podcast. Thanks, guys.